0: Synergy Nation Network podcast,
1: shows for those with passion.
0: Visit us online at synnation.net.
2: I see you, James. I see you as well. Actually, I hear you because my eyes currently are closed because all this blue light (laughs) in the world, I got to block it out with my eyelids.
0: (laughs) You know, that reminds me. um, There's a certain person I'm related to, very closely related to, that likes to When he's telling something that's like, you know, maybe going to be more than three or four sentences, he'll tilt his head back and close his eyes. It's something he's done since he was a child, and I've never quite figured it out. I've never questioned it, but I've always been slightly amused by that, that he tilts his head back, closes his eyes, and then recites what he has to recite. And this is, of course, Hopper. It's got to be the doggo. Oh my God, that doggo's been driving me insane lately. We got... We got the wrong breed of dog, dude. Like, <laughs> this is a word of caution for anybody that might want to get a dog. I mean, first off, don't. Um, and then second off, make sure you get a breed that is uh, compatible with your lifestyle. Because we figured, you know, I'm an active person. Charlotte's very active. Heather's very active. But when we're actually in our house, in our living room, we are very active inactive. So mm-hmm. we should have gotten a very inactive breed of dog but we got a German Shepherd who is very active and wants all the attention all the time. So he is taken to just simply staring at us and barking at us like loudly and he has that high-pitched, it's got to be 160 decibels because it hurts everybody's ears. He just, he just barks until we do something with him and it's obnoxious as hell.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to start saying the... Uh, I thought you were going to guesstimate the hertz of the frequency of the bark of like, it's like 160 kilohertz. And I was going to be like, wow, that is, that's inaudible, sir.
0: (laughs) Well, I was right though, right? Because it's like, uh, I think like 89 decibels is like permissible up to 120 decibels is when you should be wearing earplugs. Does that sound right? Probably. I think that's like a rock concert or a jet engine or something. Or a German Shepherd barking. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And another thing he did that was obnoxious this week is we have a, a built-in kitty cat door, you know, on our on our main door that the cat can mm-hmm. go in and out. And when Hopper was a puppy, he could use that door, too. But now all that fits in and out is just his head. But on our other door, we have a busted-ass busted, uh, busted ass storm door in, like, this— one corner of it's peeling back ever so slightly, just enough for a kitty cat to get in and out. A mm-hmm. kitty cat named mm-hmm. Melissa, she has no problem getting in and out of that door. Uh, the other day, like Heather, I, I was at work, Charlotte was at school. Heather's usually working from home, but she split, and I came home to the house, an empty home, and I was kind of like, well, you know, where's the dog? This is weird. I was thinking, well, maybe Heather took Hopper to work with her. That's weird, but maybe she did. Called Heather. No, Hopper's not here, and he's also not in the house. So I went into Heather's office where that storm door is that the cat gets in and out, and Hopper had eaten out the bottom of the storm door and had escaped out of the house (laughs) and wasn't in the backyard. So I was completely freaked, thinking I was going to have to track down a dog who knows where but the dumbass had locked himself in the garage that's the first place he went into the garage bumped the door and then locked himself in so luckily he was nice and safe in there
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> but
0: jesus man this dog is too much too much
2: and yeah ladies if you were wondering
0: hopper eats out oh baby <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, James. (laughs) Your cats are adorable. They're cuddling now. That's that's what fucking Butter and Socks are doing, are cuddling and being besties. Yeah. You got so lucky.
2: Yeah, we did, we did. It was... I think it's because Butter might be a little bit of a stinky cat, so it might be something that calms other cats, maybe. That's my only assumption Hmm. is he feels... Calm and relaxed around her enough for her to lay on him, and then he just cleans
0: her. <laughs> That's, I mean, geez. I mean, yeah, because y'all were having kind of like, you know, Socks was y'all's roommate, but he wasn't exactly like the, the most like amicable roommate you could have, right?
2: Yeah, for the most part, like he. Started. There was a couple, I was just grinding on Pokemon a few, like, maybe five days ago. Nicole was somewhere, I don't remember, and, oh, she was sleeping. And I was like, I'm just going to grind on Pokemon until Nicole wakes up. Then, all of a sudden, Socks jumps on the back of my chair, and then just curls up in my lap which he never does and he was there for like 23 minutes so it was very enjoyable I Mm. took pictures and then Butter was sitting right next to me as well and then Nicole of course is is pissed because she's like why the fuck don't you
0: guys do that with me Yeah, when, um, when Heather and Charlotte left the house for Texas, like Hopper and Melissa got along better. Melissa's the cat. They got along better than they ever have, and they would spend time together. And I got all these pictures of them together while Heather and Charlotte were not home. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened since then. But sometimes, like bringing in a cat like Butter, or in my case, like Melissa, Vastly improves the household Like I was Mm -hmm. just talking about what a pain in the ass Hopper is and then I'm going to switch gears And talk about what a a Gift from the gods Melissa is Because when we got Melissa um, We had our Previous dog Kai Who was like a chihuahua mix Can you see up here? Yeah yeah, that's Kai And uh, Kai was Had dementia Was like 15 Just in really 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 bad shape and charlotte was maybe 12 or 13 and was grappling for the first time like having to deal with a loss of an animal and she was already upset about kai dying Mm -hmm. and she was crying about it every night even though kai was right there um and she was like i've done that excuse me been there done that oh yeah yes you have just like yeah recently as well right around Mm -hmm. the same time frame when when you were losing a friend yeah we were losing a friend too So in the duration, Charlotte was like begging for like, can we get another dog, whatever, when this happens? And we're like, no, that's not going to happen. And she was like, another cat. And I was like, yes, (laughs) because I've always been a cat lover, (laughs) always. So we got a little kitten, Melissa, and like I said, our dog, Kai, was in very bad shape. Bad dementia, would just sit in the corner for hours doing nothing, peeing and pooping all over the place. We got this kitty cat, Melissa, and it like brought the life out of Kai and Kai mm-hmm. was paying attention to Melissa and they were cuddling together. They were best friends. Kai went on to live like for another year after that. And Melissa and Kai were just so tight. And I really think that a lot of that was due to bringing that little life force into the house, a little set of energy it really helped everything out.
2: Damn. Damn. Well, speaking of bringing life for... Well, I mean, I can't segue because we need to do the book quarter. I'll get a nice segue when we get through books because I had a good one. Speaking of bringing life into your house, more like bringing light into your house, your mind house. Also, house in general through delusions. You got it, buddy. That's a perfect one.
1: Books, check them out. Books, check them out. Pick up a book. You got a fantasy? Imagination can take you to where you want to be. Are you curious? How can you find out? Books, check them out. Books, check them out. Read about stars and cars. Play electric guitars or cops that work hard. Patrolling the boulevard. The heavyweight champ in his as bout. Books, check them out. Books, check them out. At your library.
0: So, what is your uh, what is your book corner? Because I got a book right here too. I was going to talk about myself. You're saying something about a book. What you got, buddy? Well, uh, he's currently
2: holding up the Playgirl magazine with Pete Steele from <laughs> Typo Negative on mm, it. My boy. <laughs> I, I had a friend who lo- loves. Uh, I mean, I still he's still my friend. <laughs> loves Typo Negative, but we had another friend, Cake. Who on MySpace he he liked having his MySpace page presentable in case a a lady looked at it. This was in (laughs) high school, so our friends found out, including the friend who loves Peter Steele, that if you click, like if you want to spam someone's MySpace page, their wall, you can just like. You could comment something, but if you keep clicking it, it, will, it won't it will load fully, but each click registers as a new comment. Oh, so they spammed that photo of Peter Steele's dick out <laughs> hundreds of times, but there was no way to mass delete comments on MySpace back then. So he had to
0: one by one <laughs> delete each one. Why did he do that? I would have just left them all right there, buddy. He wanted it presentable. Oh, that is, that's the most presenting thing you could have on your page.
2: <laughs> also, this was, I was going to say 199. this was 2008, so, the, oh, they're going to think I'm gay, you know, um, all that
0: bullshit. Yep, I'm glad we're past that era, and I'm glad that we're <laughs> past, like, denying the fact that I mean, I'm completely hetero, 100%. And Peter Steele is a magnificent looking man. And I, yeah. I don't need to see any playgirl pictures of his dong. I just got to look at a picture of his face. And he's well—he's well chiseled. He's the handsomest man I've ever seen.
2: Hey, you want to see a chiseled and handsome cock,
0: though? <laughs> no. Check out Peter Steele Playgirl magazine.
2: <laughs> I do not want to see that. But hey. He'll show Dick it's not like Shaggy Two Dope who fooled the community into thinking his schfatz was out on goddamn Tunnel of Love EP cover. <laughs>
0: they just superimposed his head on a porn star's head. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a low blow, man. I don't know even even bieber had the decency to show his own horn right yeah it, it was a low blow <laughs>
2: especially when i'm trying to get my load blown
0: don't <laughs> you blow my mind here's a segue with your book choice because we talked about that a few minutes back and we were trying to desperately segue into the book corner let's do it man
2: I've been reading because this weekend for next week's episode of Death From Above, a Salmon Max podcast over on patreon.com forward slash MLM Pod, Steve, you will be on the show Ooh. and we're discussing the episode its I the third episode of the Salmon Max Freelance Police TV series. That includes one of the segments, A Bad Day on the Moon, that is based off from an early comic book issue of Sam and Max. So I'm rereading that again and because I want to see differences. There's a lot of differences only in, uh, like, hey, we need to cut this stuff for time. Oh, what can we cut for time? Uh, The things of, I don't know, a private eye just beating the shit out of like informants and stuff those are the things that we should
0: probably remove from this children's show wait a second i sent you that milk and cheese thinking it was kind of like sam and max and you're telling me sam and max beat the shit out of people and it's nothing like milk and cheese huh (laughs) <laughs> they do not beat the shit out of them
2: they so there's a we'll talk about more of this on the show <laughs> there they are in a building their offices is and there's a private eye next to them mm. and this private eye i believe his name is flint paper he is like his name like if you had a piece of flint paper that's very combustible so he's they'll hear him well, they're doing their kooky antics, they'll be like, oh, it sounds like uh, a bunch of mobsters. I guess they weren't informants. They're mo- I guess mobsters could also be informants. A lot of mobsters will show up at his door and then think like, oh, we're going to get the, the jump on flint paper. But he just beats the shit out of them. You never see that happening <laughs> in this comic issue. They come home from like walking around New York City and just see... like a bunch of bodies on the ground and they're like, wait, Flint's Flint has been up all night roughhousing with these, these goons. This is weird. It's the weekend. And then they ask him and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I was roughhousing into the night Friday night, and I'm just cleaning out my office Saturday morning. <laughs> I'll be leaving after all of this, so he's just like hucking bodies <laughs> off from like a, a one st- or a two story balcony uh, into the main entrance of
0: their building. Yeah, Simon Max is a is an interesting property man. I we'll talk about it on the podcast, obviously, but on this podcast, I'll just say, I mean, it's 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 bizarre. It's very fast paced. It's kind of frenetic, but it's got a good energy to it. I mean, it's oh wait, did you watch the episode already? Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh hell yeah, dude, <laughs> it's a good one.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you're you're you're. It's, I think this is some familiar territory. You're uh, you're pimping a book, a comic book, a Salmon Max comic book. I think this might have happened a few weeks back. Um, I, I could keep pimping the same book every week too because I'm still reading the Gathering Storm of the Wheel mm-hmm. of Time. Uh, but this is an old book, one of my favorites, Joseph Campbell, The Power of Myth. Are you familiar with this book?
2: I am. Great. Um, to the point where I, I know this is like the, you got like the hero's journey, all of that stuff in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to anybody not listening, Joseph Campbell was a professor of mythology, um, brilliant man, made great connections. Um, just great at just making connections with our society and other societies and he was interviewed by Bill Moores who is a great interviewer and that's what this book is is a manuscript of their conversation well so um, throughout the book you know bill is as it's through a, it's it's also televised this is a series you can get and watch on TV and watch their interview but I mean the book has all kinds of pictures and references and Um, You know, fact-checking and things like that. And this is just Mm -hmm. Joseph Campbell talking off the top of his head, just saying all kinds of just profound great things. And it ties in with the Hero of a Thousand Faces. Um, But this conversation took place, I think, like a year before he passed away. He passed away in 1987. This is a very old book. And this book, some of the things in this book still hold true today. They're talking about the internet and how it's changing their lives and and how mm-hmm. computers are prevalent, and computers are. Joseph Campbell is like reverent towards computers. He doesn't see him as like the death of anything. He's like these are machines that were manufactured by the hand of God, and you and people look for God in everything. God's in your computer as well. And it, damn, it's just some deep shit, brother. <laughs> I will be, uh,
2: so I won't just keep hawking comic books. I will be. Because I've had it from the library, but I didn't want to go back-to-back. There's a Hannah autobiography. I'll be reading that, and then you guys will be hearing. And also, I think (laughs) I needed to give Nicole a break from just... Talking about at nauseum. Oh, did, did you know? In in when they were trying to get the Flintstones off the ground, he, he they spent six weeks in a in New York City just pitching it every single day to networks and advertising agencies, and they were about to give up. But the their manager said, "No, I believe in this. You have to stay out there." But oh man, Barbara hates the winter. He loves California. Did you know that, Nicole? And she's like, "Why would I know?" that James James leave me alone <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. just like I read a, I read a page and I'm like Nicole I gotta tell you this story he told in here
0: yeah because you read who you read Barbara's right and now you're yeah. now you're getting into Hannah's that's great stuff yep. man I wouldn't mind reading them myself you got these from the library so there's no way we yes. can share these but I can get them from my local library can I not yeah go for <laughs> I it I will I, One's a cast of friends, and then the Barbera one is
2: my life in tunes. T o o
0: n. Right on. Yeah, I liked. I, I'm always reading like fantasy and like stuff that's fiction, but I, I absolutely love autobiographies or biographies. It really doesn't matter who. I like reading just people's lives and anything interesting. Yeah. If if somebody's interesting enough to have. You know, warrant a book coming out about them. I'm interested enough to maybe check it out. I mean, there—don't get me wrong—there are some people I could not care less about. But I've yet to read an autobiography that I regretted reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say
2: there's a huge tonal difference between the two mm. because Barbara was from it, like a uh, hard area of what's it? I, I think he's from from Bushwick. Possibly uh, in Brooklyn as a child it, during the Great Depression. He that's where he was living. He had a very absentee father, opposed to Hannah, who grew up in I not the Dakota. He grew up in like the Pacific Northwest area. No, maybe or he grew up on the west, but not in California. And he, he would go to his his dad worked for the railroad to build, like he was like the project manager for making new railroads. Mm. So he would go and camp with these all these railroad workers and his life was just camping nonstop. And that's why I'm pretty sure I haven't gotten to this parts of the book. I'm pretty sure that's where like Yogi Bear stuff comes around. (laughs) uh, Yeah. There's a huge just... One feels like you should be reading this in a city during like the winter <laughs> and then the other one sh- you should be reading out in the wilderness during the summertime. So I think that's why I, I really want to pick up the book again with the Hannah uh, William. No. Yeah. William Hannah. No. Yes. William <laughs> Hannah's a cast
0: of friends. You have mentioned Bushwick in there, too. And that's where our friend Evil Kim Evil is at. They just played a show at Bushwick maybe like two weeks back. That's the one I got those pictures from. Anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up since you mentioned Bushwick. (laughs) It's also, it's Flatbush. That's where he's from. But I believe it's still in the Brooklyn area. Well, whatever. Bushwick is in the Brooklyn area.
2: Uh, Speaking of evil. Speaking of broken areas. Oh, my God. A broken area of someone's brain just keeps giving them this delusion over and over again that their family's still alive.
0: (laughs) What on earth are you talking about, dude? to what we're talking about today. Oh, we haven't talked about our bands yet, though. We can't jump ahead to the Winter Dragon Well, I keep coming up with great... I'm coming up with great segues. You got to admit that. Okay, I will... um, Let's see. I'll make a false promise to you right now, this is a lie, that I'll go in and I'll re-edit all these great segues and put them where they belong. How's that? I wouldn't want you to do that. That's (laughs) as... Nicole constantly says, oh, just like edit. And I was like, that takes so much more time. That's why I said it was a complete lie. I wanted to cover myself straight off the bat. I said I style. Okay, the music we've been listening to, I'm going to go ahead and talk about music so we can get into this Winter Dragon. Because, yeah, I'm amped to talk about it, too. Uh, Steve, can I ask you a quick question? This is no. uh, Wheel of Time related. <laughs> of course. Can
2: an I said I say, hey, what I'm about to say is a lie, then just like to be like, hee hee, I'm lying right now? I
0: don't think – because – There's instances in the book where people try where they try to say lie and they're actually unable to do so. So Oh, that would be a fun
2: game to see to be like who can get the most sentences into a lie? Like that's a nice
0: little drinking game they do. Yeah, that is. And like they couldn't bluff. I mean, they would be straight up. So that's a great game. I don't know why they didn't do that. They did they did all kinds of torturous games in the White Tower that don't sound fun to anybody except for <laughs> except for the actual Aes Sedai. They like put all these fucked up tricks on the novices. Anyway, we're listening to Astral Construct. That's what I was trying to say, is the music we've been listening to this whole time, which I like doing that now. I like having some background music for us to talk to, and that is what some of these bands provide for us. Astral Construct is no different. Um, I'm pretty sure Astral Construct is a one man band, but I could be wrong about that from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, They use NASA photos because Astral Construct, of course. They use NASA photos for album covers and for their art. And I like that too because I use some NASA photos and some NASA footage. And then I use like, um, what do you call it? Public domain artwork for my artwork. Mm -hmm. So I like doing the same thing too. Um, Always been very friendly with me and they're a great band and I, I would love everybody to check them out. I'm not going to play like a whole song in its entirety. I mean, I am playing lots of songs in their entirety, but what I'm trying to do is trying to get folks to click on to Astral Construct's Instagram or Bandcamp or Spotify. Instead of just hearing it here, I want them to go and check Astral Construct themselves. Um, So I got the links there for you. Check them out. I just picked up the album on Bandcamp and I love it. I've actually been listening to this album for free for a long time on Spotify. Um, it's part of my regular playlist at night when I read um I'm always listening to Bong Ripper Astral Construct and Wolves in the Throne Room for some reason my algorithm loves to throw those three bands at me so I just go with it I love them all um Tales of Cosmic Journeys that's what this is called that is our band corner I am also gonna go ahead and promote me too because I wanted to play my song here on the podcast um a fellow named Marshland Monster helped me mix this song, and I appreciate him doing so. And he'll do the same thing for you if you check out MLMPod.com, dot com um, or just click on to James's info. Get in touch with James. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did me a solid, thank you, sir. Um, my song is called Win, Lord, Win," and it's you know it's a rough mix. It's raw. James made it sound as good as he could with the crap that I handed him. But uh, well, it was, I mean, I I did. Hmm?
2: I want to say it's a rough mix. You sent me a rough mix, and I, I right. tried mix. I I
0: mixed it. That's what I meant. I didn't. I was in a mood that day that I recorded this, so I didn't do a whole lot of takes, and I didn't play to a metronome, and everything I sent James was just very raw and had a lot of mistakes in it. So James hobbled that together into a decent song. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: Okay, because that if people are like, "Well, this is a rough mix," okay, uh, uh, no, 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 it's mixed. Yes, guys. this
0: is this is fully mixed, and um, we're going to do a Rebecca Crow version of this too because Heather loves this song, so we're going to do a version with her, and I'm going to redo everything and redo it to a click track and all that kind of stuff. But for right now, you got my version of Win, Lord Win. I'm going to play that right around here, uh, so we'll listen to that, and we're going to come right back. Okay, James. Cheers. And we're back from that tune and James we may now begin discussing The Wheel of Time The Winter Dragon this is a show I'm. Um, did you check the year that it came out was this 2015, 2016 this came out it came out then but it was filmed I believe in 2008-ish it was filmed right before it was released um, was it? I, I'm pretty sure. What happened was Red Eagle Entertainment bought the rights to the Wheel of Time, the televised rights, and then they just sat on them for a very long time. And Harriet McDougal and Brandon Sanderson, they wanted those rights back so they could proceed making the Wheel of Time show that they wanted to make. Instead, Red Eagle had these rights. And instead of... S- um, given the rights up to Harriet and Brandon they fulfilled the obligation of the contract which was they had to release some sort of medium um, from their you know from their acquisition they had mm-hmm. to release something in order to keep the contract so they released what we're about to talk about this Winter Dragon I was wondering why it was so poorly done so shoddy, so shoddily produced so low budget and I was thinking maybe it was just a money dump they need they were trying to launder some money or something but as Mm -hmm. it turns out it's just a contractual obligation and this is what they released and it's not good it might be one of the worst things I've ever watched on television James (laughs) okay this should not be a
2: surprise to anyone this is some of the greatest trash TV <laughs> I have ever seen and I wish it were a thing. Like someone someone made something called like a dusty wheel cut of of this right. entire thing and that like that one sucks. Like <laughs> I know it was fan made trying to make it. The the shitty parts of this is what makes this good and when you take out the the just what? Hold on! Hold on! Okay. There were quotes in the beginning that I was like, "This is fucking amazing." <laughs> the first maybe four and a half minutes is just the dragon running around his huge house that has way too much <laughs> reverb in it. Yes. Just uh, saying. You can't catch me. You'll have to find me. <laughs> and I was like, ho- like, it's so poor. Like, clearly, voiceover. No one's giving them direction of, hey, what's going on right nope. here? It was amazing. And I think, like, it's not as good. Like, Gotham, at least, I, I say Gotham is one of the best, worst TV shows ever because, it, I mean, it's just a insane soap opera in later seasons and that's so good of course like you can't keep this oh it's this real life what if gotham were real scenario when you start having to introduce a man who died in a marshland and then came back as a undead zombie super-powered villain. Like, there you can't <laughs> stay in the real world when that shit starts happening. And it's so amazing. And I think this, if it had kept going, would have been the same thing. But the biggest issue with this is if they... They clearly knew this wasn't going to get purchased. Right. Because this is not a first episode of any tv show right this is (laughs) like a mid or late season episode in not the first season this is like season two when you when you, you, you're hearing inklings about the dragon oh what really happened back then what caused him to go crazy why did he did what really happened to him and then we see a flashback maybe someone goes to like a pond that when you submerge yourself you see all of the knowledge in the world i don't know <laughs> right. this universe that well but that's what this show should have been but oh boy I love
0: watching this. I I'm just I, I'm just beside myself cuz I watched it I usually watch things at least 2 or 3 times for this podcast and for your podcast. Usually I'll watch things 2 to 3 times and then I'll take like 6 to 8 pages of notes. So here I watched it once and within the first couple of minutes I was like I'm not watching this again. <laughs> There's no <laughs> fucking way I'm watching this thing again. And I took, I took about a half a page of notes. So oh, yeah! This is going to be. I mean, much there's different. a half
2: a page of things that happened during this 22 <laughs> minutes, so it makes sense why you yes. didn't take a
0: lot of notes. Well, when he was walking around going, "You can't find me, hello," and they were trying to play hide and seek, like they they, they were playing hide and seek behind like the the stair banisters. And behind like some opaque curtains, that, I mean not opaque, transparent curtains that you could see through. There was nothing to hide behind in this house except for maybe the checkerboard. There was nothing to hide behind. So I don't know how they were trying to play a game of hide and seek.
2: <laughs> Man, this shit was fucking great. There is, so the, the Dusty Wheel cut. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a YouTuber named the Dusty Wheel and I believe they are a Wheel of Time YouTube account they have a very good print of this i don't know where they got it from i'm guessing if we had gone to like vimeo or daily motion to or a torrent website we could have found a like 720p we were watching a very mm-hmm. washed out muddy 3 or 360p so I think if we would have watched at a better quality, you might have at least been like,
0: at least visually it's okay to watch. This thing was like a fever dream. It's the kind of thing, like, there was somebody that I talked to on um, about this on Facebook, and they were saying they just happened to catch this. on the night that it aired they just so happened to be awake and see it and they thought they were having a fever dream they weren't sure if they were awake or asleep and i was just fascinated that a wheel of time fan actually caught this on the time that it aired and then like their head also did not explode at the same time they lived through the tale this is also crazy
2: if this was made in anywhere near 2015 it is unexcusable the intro and outro Mm. graphics because they looked like and felt like avatar the last airbender which is (laughs) like amazingly well done but the first season intro stuff it it's it's a little rough because it's it's animation back then and they were probably like we need to focus on the the actual story the but the the vibe of that and WMAC Masters something that came out in like 1995 it was a tv show we talked about it on this existed over on patreon.com forward slash mlm pod that had the same quality of like intro graphics that this thing did and it just looks so bad and god (laughs) this should have been a TV show.
1: <laughs> well, the only
0: thing about those intros that I did like is they use the actual like book chapter icons and headings. Mm-hmm. So anytime you saw somebody's name, you saw like a cool graphic and that was from the actual wheel of time books. I was like, looking furiously trying to find our Trolloc logo because we use a book chapter as well for our um, symbol for our podcast, Mm -hmm. the Trolloc icon, which did not come up. I was disappointed. And then I was uh, also looking for the Perrin icon, which is the wolf. And that's my favorite icon. Hands down. I have that sticker on my car. As a matter of fact, the Perrin wolf icon is on my car and they did not show that one either. A little disappointed, what I did like a lot, this is the only thing that I liked about this show, was that they they went all out and they made a flag. <laughs> they, that's the only production they did, is they made a cool green dragon flag with mm-hmm. the dragon chapter logo on it. And I would give anything for that flag, because it looked so badass. I loved it, and it made me think about flags in general have you gone to your national park yet, to the Yogi Bear Park, and searched for your flag? Oh no, I have not done
2: that yet. My mom did get an RV, and the first thing she she was like, I got an RV. I was like, Yeah, that's cool, Mama. I don't that's just <laughs> something you did. And she's right. like, So maybe for your birthday we can go to a, a Jellystone. I was like, holy hmm? shit, mom, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will eventually steal that. I will steal or bribe a teen <laughs> to give me that flag. A teen who works at a Jellystone Park. Uh, I don't think, Steve, that that was a major production thing. They could have gone to a medieval times and just stolen a flag from there. <laughs>
0: You're right. I liked it, though. It was the only thing I saw that like I identified to and that like drew me in. I was like, they got a flag. It's out there somewhere. I need to write Red Eagle Entertainment and get this flag in my hands.
2: Mm. <laughs> I, during that intro, I was like, holy shit. They're doing more explaining and, like, I understand the world more than anything in this, this first season. But... Yep. It's better to show, not tell. (laughs) So if you're getting this lore dump in the... Like, it's a full minute and a half of them just explaining the world. And it's like, oh, no, 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 they knew this was bad. uh, They they do so much bullshit that I don't like in fantasy of... I know we're skipping so far ahead, but it's on topic. Whatever that evil dude was talking to the dragon, he said... Once you summoned the nine rods of dominion. (laughs) I hate that bullshit. It's like you're just saying some, maybe that's a thing that happens in the book, Mm -hmm. but out of context, it just seems like some made up thing a writer wrote for like Dungeons and Dragons, the
0: cartoon. You're absolutely right. That's one of my notes too. We're skipping around with our notes and that's fine because I don't expect anybody to watch this. and I'm not, I'm not going to do like a linear recap because it doesn't make any sense to do so. We'll um, do it after will, this. Well I will explain Um I was watching this and I was like is this episode one and what would I if I was a viewer tuning into this first off I was thinking your thoughts I would not follow any of this what they're talking about and then mm-hmm. second off what would I expect to happen during the next episode of this show? Yeah. I mean, there it goes nowhere. It starts nowhere. It goes nowhere. But what it actually is, this is a very faithful adaptation. If you were to put this on stage, this is a very faithful adaptation of the prologue of Wheel of Time. This mm-hmm. is the first six pages of the whole story of A Wheel of Time. It starts with a prologue with Luz Theron Telamon. If you remember from the TV show, he was that cool guy towards the end wearing all black had the baby. And you know I'm talking about? I know. Um, when we just finished watching The Wheel of Time, uh, the drag, the original dragon who Rand was in a previous life was that guy, Luz Theron Telemont. Oh,
2: okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant the the other guy.
0: No. So we're so the dragon is like our guy here that doesn't have a beard. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the Dark One Ishmael is his actual name. Okay, is Billy Zane with the beard, and of course our guy in our show Wheel of Time has a beard too. That kind of goes one for one. I like that. But yeah, this this is the first six pages. So what I was thinking was, <laughs> Billy Zane had because he's the producer of this. I was thinking he had some sort of money problem and he needed to dump a bunch of money somewhere. So he mm-hmm. read the first six pages of Wheel of Time and was like, I can make a show out of this. I'll just do yeah. exactly what the page says. And then didn't bother to read anything else and just base this on the first six pages because it's yeah, very like, faithful.
2: At most, this would be if you have a 10 episode season, this is episode nine. Like right. you, you, we do a flashback, <laughs> we see what truly happened. And then episode ten, you like episode eight ends on a cliffhanger, and then episode nine, hey, or, or episode nine is this episode ten? Um, th- this is for sure not the first episode of any TV series.
0: That's right. It, yeah, I, I think this actually might be would might be the last episode of season. If this wasn't like that, this would be the last episode of season one, and then the next season would be, you know, Rand and his gang. Uh, mm-hmm. 3,000 years later. That's the only way I guess this would work because what happens after this is like the, the 100 years of stealing men and the world is in yeah. chaos for a long time. Um, so that would all be just the falling climax, I suppose, afterwards. I,
2: I need to find out who is this SETA director?
0: I have no idea. That It is just a... Like an organization called SETA? No, it's just a a
2: single one name.
0: Oh, wait, wait, no. Is it a collective? I'm thinking it might be a director collective, maybe. Is
2: Seta James Seta, maybe? No, I feel like, okay. Je- oh, no, it's James Seta. I feel like they were like, I don't want my full name on this. Can you please just like <laughs> put my last name? Right,
0: yeah. Be- yeah, th- this wasn't put out to produce a good product this was put out to fulfill a contract oh wow they they
2: stopped working at least based on imdb after this this train
0: wreck <laughs> you know um Red Eagle still had a, a hand in the Wheel of Time that we saw because Ooh. they they still retained some of their rights mm-hmm. and they weren't allowed to make any decisions whatsoever, but their name still is attached in some way. I'm not sure how. Some of the information I read may be old information, but that's the last I read is that um, that it was, I think, written into the contract that, that Red Eagle will, won't, will not have any hand in um, Adaptions, or writing, or script changes, or anything. Yeah, because then Matt
2: would have just been playing hide and go seek with his <laughs> sisters for <laughs> such that's a right. long time. <laughs> there, there is hide and seek in that first episode, so that's a holdover.
0: It kind of is, I guess. It goes, <laughs> and yeah, the, in in the um, in the story, um, Luz Theron Telamon is like walking around, like. Asking, you know, Ileana, children, where are you? And the reason that he's doing that is because he has already killed everybody. Mm -hmm. He's killed everybody. They didn't show this in the show, but he killed everybody in his court as well. And he was still crazy and he didn't realize what he had done. So he was just kind of walking around cluelessly um, looking for them. And I think in one scene in the book, like he finds the body of his wife. And he's like, Oh, there you are, honey. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> and he's then the free, and then the dragon is all like, wait a second, this isn't working out how I wanted to. Um, not me, not the dragon, I'm sorry. The dark one, Ishmael was like, I I need to open his eyes so he can actually see what he did. Because right now this is not playing out the way I planned. So that's why he like lifted the madness from his eyes so he could actually see that he had killed everybody. And that's what you see towards the end of this. He sees their dead bodies and he's like, oh no, what have I done? Yeah. The dark one's like.
2: Are you so, so drunken by the light, the, the <laughs> acting by him? It just their interactions felt like a robot wrote these.
0: It did, but it also kind of reminded me of a bad Shakespeare play. I think somebody just tuning in randomly might mistakenly think this was like a Shakespeare play of some yeah. sort.
2: This also, I mean, this was pre, this was filmed post Game of Thrones. That's what you're telling me um if this is truly 2015 yeah because like this feels like what you would do for fantasy in the late 90s that it's like (laughs) oh this is like people who are into fantasy will like this and that's the only people we need to be aiming at Uh, not like oh we need our own game of thrones here (laughs) this is insane this could not have been 2015. No, I thought I could have sworn. Wait, wait. wait. What? What did
0: Setas? Was this 2015? James is looking it up for us. Look it up, James. Look it up. It was. This is fucking baffling. (laughs) Unless that's the release
2: date. Someone who worked on this, please tell me that this was just released. I don't. No. Was, yeah. Because it, it was it only reverted back. They had to, in order to retain it, they had to get Air it. done. This is baffling. <laughs> I and truly, I truly thought this was like 2008. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But no,
0: no. And I'm baffled by the fact that you thought it was like so bad. It was good because I thought it was just so bad. It was unwatchable and embarrassing and cringy. <laughs> Here are some of my other quotes. The, <laughs> my wife and her games
2: then when he like sees the dark one he like steps on a a doll and he says my children haven't learned how to pick up their toys yet
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> up to you to teach them buddy <laughs> what the I know. hell are you doing <laughs> and i i swear this is like a fever dream I swear this is like one of the worst things I've seen, but I do believe I heard you saying on another podcast, you were, I hope I'm not putting anything out there. I can edit if I have to, but you were talking about uh, taking psychedelics and, and watching something on television. Yeah. I can speak from experience cause I have, I was addicted to psychedelics for a long time. So I've taken a lot of them and I've watched a lot of things on TV on psychedelics. Nothing is better than something like this when you're on Psychedelics. Because yeah. I watched um, the movie Stakeout when I was on Psychedelics, and it was an insane, wonderful experience. But it was because I hated the movie so much, and the movie was so badly done, mm-hmm. such poor acting, such poor choices all around, that it was so enjoyable to me on Psychedelics to watch it. Whereas if you watch something like, Alice in Wonderland or something like Brazil or something that's heavy metal or heavy metal. Maybe heavy metal might be skirt. I'm talking about something that is designed to be watched while you're on psychedelics. Like Mm -hmm. somebody like, Ooh, watch this kaleidoscope. It's trippy. I know for me that kind of thing did not trip me out when I okay. was on psychedelics. Like watching something that was like just so unbelievably bad, like public access. For I think public access TV is actually better than what we just watched. Yeah, um, that's what I would recommend for you. Um, the best movies I've watched on psychedelics would be Stakeout, which with Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez. Terrible, terrible movie. And what was the other one that I saw that really made a big impact on me? Uh, it was just such a god-awful movie. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I'll remember it in a moment, James, but bad To moodies. be
2: honest, I might just... Talk radio.
0: My- talk radio. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt you, but yes, that movie was so... I mean, the acting was really good. The writing was really melodramatic and just over the top. And me and my friends watching this... Just holding our heads in our hands and just the anticipation of each shitty line coming out of the next shitty actor's mouth. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was it was life changing.
2: (laughs) I might just rewatch. They're my go to movies now. It's Troll 2 and Sleepaway Camp. Mm -hmm. I fucking love those movies.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. That's a good idea too. Like watching a movie that you absolutely love on psychedelics, you'll never watch that movie the same way again. And Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. Um, We watched, uh, it was Enter the Dragon. This was a long time ago. It was myself, my sister and one of my sister's friends and one of my friends. And we all got together and we watched Enter the Dragon. And we've all seen the movie tons of times, but watching it on psychedelics, it... It just changed the whole aspect of the movie and it made me realize like things about screenwriting and things about directing and that I never knew. Before. I mean, this, this occurred when I was like 16 years old. So mm-hmm. this is why I remember these things so well, not just because I was on psychedelics, but because my brain was at an age where I was retaining a lot of information and then taking those psychedelics at the same time. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a good idea. I would n- yeah. not recommend any children to do so. But yeah, I, I can't watch Enter the Dragon anymore without feeling like those residual side effects of the psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll just watch
2: some Scooby Doo. Uh, let me. Let me. <laughs> uh, there's one. Uh, you got to use the boomerang if you got it. Yes. One of my favorite things was. Uh, the Dark One, this was the Dark One, right? Uh,
0: yes and no. This was a little more faithful to the book. So this was Ishmael, who is like the Dark One's like number one guy. He's the okay. stand-in for the Dark One, like Jesus, basically.
2: All right. So Dark One Jesus is <laughs> is like, I need to show you what you did. And then holds on to his temples, the dragon's temple, and just goes, be healed be healed (laughs) and the camera's like rotating man this shit was fucking wild
0: (laughs) yeah and they showed like his perfect world like you know and his perfect world was just right there in the house too right his perfect world was like hanging out playing checkers with his kids all day and like everybody like you know oh this is great like i don't think that would ever occur like that that would that moment would last for maybe five minutes like a whole entire family around one checkerboard I don't think a lifetime could last out of that. Mm-hmm.
2: And then Dark One was saying like, I mean, actually life does, you can just live inside, you know, the pandemic and whatnot. So oh. <laughs> uh, during this whole, the Dark One, Jesus is talking to the dragon and I forget what he what they're talking about. And there's a, he says like, I don't know where's your wife and whatnot and then the dark one says not mine dot 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 kinslayer and then there's this like wong stab and it's like oh no i did kill them it man this this fucking insane and tempted him just like he tempts rand later on by saying i'll give you a woman
0: and some kids That made me think about this a little bit more um, because you asked me last episode, uh, you know, what would your perfect, what would the dark one tempt you with if, you know, you have like your perfect life? I've given that some thought now. um, Actually, this episode made me think about that more. (laughs) Go figure. Um, But yeah, I think it it might involve me being around my house. It would Mm -hmm. involve um, probably me and Heather playing music all the time because we have a great time. You know, sex. Sex is great. Um, TMI. The dog would never bark at us. The dog would always be a nice, happy dog. Never bark in our face. Never lock itself in the garage. Instead of barking, talks like a dandy. (laughs) I would not want that either. I want the dog to, to, I think in my perfect world scenario, it would like just be chilling out. And if I I wanted to pet it, it would come to me and it would let me pet it. And if I wanted to hug the dog, it would let me hug him. And if I wanted to go for a walk, it would be no problem. It would just be a leash and a dog and at my pace, Mm -hmm. this would be my perfect world. (laughs) Um, Yeah, how about about you? What would your household be looking like?
2: Oh, well, I was just going to say the perfect world now in retrospect, it's already been created and let's just get fuzzy Where (laughs) animals talk to you and they're like little scamps and they're bipedal? Hell yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound like my dream scenario. Having like bipedal animals talking to me. I think that was- They're adorable. I mean, I guess, but I mean, that would really freak me out. I mean, I know it would. But this is an everyday occurrence. So I get used to it after a while, huh? Well, you would already be used to it. I don't know. That's the only life you've known. Yeah, I guess this would be your life, I suppose. Not me. Th- this is this is your ideal scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. For me, like I don't know. <laughs> if the animals started talking, then I, I know they have a lot of shit to say, and I, I don't know if I'm ready to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got one more note.
2: It's my last note. And this could be just based on the render that we saw, like okay. on the 360p. p. I I need to find, maybe in the, the dusty cut, it looks better. <laughs> I should have watched all of it.
1: <laughs> at
2: the end, at the bottom, like flames are coming up. It was the worst looking flames I have ever seen. It was like... This is, again, why I thought this was 2008. Just, it's so bad. And I give this two thumbs up. This is worth
0: at least one watch, guys. Yeah, I've seen better flames, like, crudely drawn on the side of a Camaro. Those flames were very bad. Um, I give this a definite two thumbs down. I give it no stars. And the reason I don't have any other notes to discuss is because I've barely took any notes. I, I say that I love doing TV recaps, but I think I need to actually see something on TV in order to recap mm-hmm. something. And I just don't think I was watching anything of worth. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that was my, maybe a poor choice on my behalf for us to watch this. But I think anybody who shits on the Wheel of Time Amazon TV show needs to take a good hard look at the Wheel of Time, the Winter Dragon and see what could have been.
2: Yeah. Back in 2008, you could have been watching this.
0: <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, did, I didn't I did have any other notes at all. The only other note I had was uh, that this felt like a fever dream. I've already said that. Uh, the only other note I really had was that, um, yeah, next week, we're going to have a pretty easy time next week, James, especially you. Um I'm going to, i not going to, I already have invited our friend, the white Batmobile on for next week. And we're going to do a, uh, a music update episode where I'm going to send you and him, um, you and him. <laughs> I got ready to say you and he, and then I was going to say you and him. And then it just kind of went together. You've um, been
2: listening to that early marshland monster single him
0: nom off from <laughs> I stole these Beats. Yes. That's exactly where my, what my subconscious was telling me. But yeah, I'm going to send you guys some songs to listen to and we can talk about those next week. And I'm going to um, update everybody, everybody being you, on uh, what's happening for season two of The Wheel of Time, which will be coming out hopefully 2022. Um, but yeah, we got a good amount of news coming through the pike. Some new stuff was announced just yesterday. But we'll talk about that next week, James.
2: Yeah. And so then yeah. in the future, we'll, we'll be discussing the video game.
0: Uh, absolutely yes that was a uh can you remind N- not me because i have a perfect memory but remind our listeners if you will please the uh the video game that we were discussing
2: it's the wheel of time from i believe 2001 i can double check this the wheel of time the worms of time of <laughs> course oh worms they make the world go round they really do you see a I worm do. better thank them they make life exist It was a video game put out by the individuals that worked on the Unreal Expansion Pack and then Unreal 2. And this did come out in 1999 for the PC, running on the Unreal 1 engine by Red Eagle Games. Ooh, uh, Red Eagle. Uh Wait, oh, okay. So, wait, 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 wait. Is that the people who... So, they were first... Wait. Okay. Oh, okay. It was republished on Gog good old with permission of Red Eagle Games who have the publishing rights for the interactive series. Okay, that makes sense. I
0: was like, wait, they they were a gaming company first? Is this a, I wonder if this is a video game based on the TV show we just watched. No, 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 because this was 99. <laughs> I know, but could you imagine playing that video game? <laughs> first, you have to yell out, where are you? I can't find you. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, the game setting in respect to the
2: novels is ambitious. The storyline was said to precede the novels by some 150 years. Although Robert Jordan was consulted, the game's storyline is not considered canonical for the Wheel of Time setting.
0: That's okay. The game looks badass. And I hear that, um marshland monster is going to be planted over there on what the mostly speaking sentai channel is that correct
2: yes mostly speaking sentai on twitch youtube and facebook you'll follow us on either of those that you enjoy using and then you'll get a notification when we go live and we'll let people know on instagram and twitter when we'll be
0: doing this yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm glad you had that idea thank you very much um Something else I wanted to bring up, and that I wanted to discuss in future episodes. Give me a second to uh, search my memory banks for that note that I did not write down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Who knows, James? It's lost to the <laughs> to the records of time. Hey, maybe. Oh, talk radio. That's what it was. What was what? Uh,
2: that was a callback to a thing that you forgot and then remembered.
0: <laughs> I don't want to see talk radio again. I don't want to talk about talk radio again. Not the TV show, the movie starring the curly haired guy. I can't remember his name, but it was not a good one, folks. But yeah, we're at the end here. We're gonna going to start going to our plugs. So next week, uh, scratch that. <laughs> so James, what you got going on this week for us? Do you have any plugs for us? Yeah, go to MLMPod.com
2: to find out about my podcasts, my music. Also, listen to the Gene Material and Indica Inch collabs that I've done with Dragon Boy Suede. Those are available wherever. And while you're on MLMPod.com, unless you go to Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod, go for the $5, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about that there. (laughs) Hey, donate. There's a donation tab on MLMPod.com Donate $8.49 $8.49 with a note saying like to like I will if you donate around that or more the all the streams because that's how much wheel of time the video game is for me to purchase
1: I, I will <laughs>
2: like I it will be a full on sponsorship of anything that I di- it, unless like you're like I'm I'm part of the NRA I'm not going to do that but if you own a small business that like a bakery or something I will You will sponsor these streams. That's a fantastic idea, man. Good deal. And let's see how long this takes to complete. But go to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. For $5 a month, you get exclusive podcasts. And for $10 a month, you get exclusive more podcast watch-alongs and streams. And you get shout-outs on all our free feed podcasts. So head over to there.
0: Steve, what you got to plug? Uh, I got basically two things. I've already plugged my song, Win, Lord, Win. So you can check that out now. It's on Spotify and all the streamers and all that stuff. Got to sponsor the network, sendnation.net. Please go to sendnation.net and check out all the other podcasts they got there. They got a podcast called Sweet Shot of Time on there. And that is us. Thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, that's all the plugs I got this week. It's been a low productive week, so all I'm doing is running on the steam from last week. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay,
2: guys, I generally will stream for like two to three hours, especially if it's with Steve. It based on how long to beat dot com, the wheel of time game on average takes about 8 hours and 11 minutes. That's Mm. about
0: 4 streams that you will be able to sponsor for like 10 bucks. Heck yeah, man. Yes. That's 4 times that we'll be hanging out doing some Mm -hmm.
1: streaming. Mm -hmm.
0: Heck yes. And that's mlmpod.com forward slash donate. Thank you, James. We will do so. And here at the end of our episode, I wanted to wrap things up. I wanted to wish James to... Have a summer, of course, because it is Mm -hmm. summertime. And anytime you're in the summer weather out there, I hope you always find some cool water and some nice shade to sit under. See you guys. You as well. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.